something that every franchisor works their way through is the why you, why not? So today, Meet the Zor, John Erlinson is going to join us to tell us about his brands. Coming up next. John, welcome to our Fran broadcast. I, I'm trying to make it sound cool. You'll be in front of, I was going to say hundreds, but it's like teens of people uh, live. And then other people are going to see this later. So this gives you a shot to tell your story uh, to the audience. Um, so that's Thank how we like to Appreciate yeah. uh, you bring me on. Tell us your story, what that means to you, what you want folks to know your personal story, your brand story. Uh, let's start with that. Yeah, I think for us, it's about passion, right? I guess, you know, Nick, I, I'd ask you a question. How many of the owners come on and talk about why they got into the business? Was it because of passion or was it because of money? You know, I, and when you think about how many people you've interviewed, the best people you've ever met, what do they usually say? I mean, everybody will say passion. Exactly. Do they mean it? Maybe, maybe not. You know, my story, I was with an incredible company for the last eight years. <clears throat> we grew it from basically nothing to the second largest licensor in the world behind Disney. And it was an amazing business. And for what we were doing, we were buying celebrity estates and fashion brands and sports brands. For as much as I love the business model and we made a ton of money, I just didn't feel like I was doing what I was passionate about in the world. And so myself and my partner, Adam Geisler at the time, started talking through like he was getting into kids sports and I sort of started thinking about like, I have an exercise physiology degree. I love getting out of bed every day, wearing a sweatshirt, you know, and, and just feeling good about like what I'm doing for the world. How do we get back into that? How do we make a living? I don't need to make the same living I was making, but I have got to get back to a place where every day I get up and feel like I do something great for the world. And so amazing athletes came along and it was one of the first companies that had been around for 20 years, rock solid brand. The owner had really just come up with an unbelievable product. And the product was we go into preschools and we give kids an intense, fun, 30 minute gameplay experience where they'll pick up some of the fundamentals of nutrition, some of the fundamentals of sports, some of the fundamentals of life skills, right? We ask, ah, oh, how could you be a good teammate to your mom this week? Those types of things. And so when I looked at what she had built and it happened to be for sale, I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. And right around the same time, uh, my partner today was buying Super Soccer Stars, which is another brand we own. And the more we started comparing the businesses, we're like, wow, you know what this industry really needs? It needs a lot of resources because there's a lot of really great small business owners and franchise businesses out there, but technology is expensive, right? High level marketing content is expensive. So if we put all our brands on a platform and we took all those resources and put them into key platform things, the best in class technology, best in class marketing, best in class social media. And the whole thought process around that was, we need to free up this individual owner entrepreneur to get more green time and less screen time. Because the more time that person spends doing administrative stuff and the unfun part of the business, the less happy they are, the less they're doing for the kids and the less they're growing their business. 
And so I feel very fortunate in life to kind of have all these things happen simultaneously to, you know, we get out of bed every day and we do amazing things. And the other real passion project of mine personally is I love helping people reach their full potential, whether they're our employees or whether they're small business owners. Like to me, that is one of the most fulfilling things I think that I do in this business because I'll coach some classes because it's fun, but it's not where I spend most of my time. Most of my time is helping a small business owner figure out how to scale, figure out how to solve problems, figure out how to just go to the next level in their career and their life. And so for me, I feel unbelievably blessed to wake up every day and, and do that. And that's, that's what we're building at Youth Athletes United. Yeah. And you're, you're, I mean, your franchisees are coaching children and it sounds like you're coaching franchisees, right? And what I love is you're bringing a high tech, almost like, and I think I just want to use the word fintech, even though it doesn't apply. But I love the platform approach, which is true, right? Every, you know, if you can empower a franchisee owner with the technology, with the client customer acquisition, with the relationship building, that's a big win. And then you put it on a platform um, that's pretty compelling. So it sounds like your passion's also business building and empowering franchisees, no? Yeah, I mean, my. My passion is is the innovation behind that, the inventing behind that, right? And and setting up these scalable structures that people can replicate. I mean, if you think about, let's go back to the business side. When a franchise owner comes in and we consider them our partners, not our franchisees, because they really are our business partner. We say all the time, look, they ask me, you know, what do you want out of this? Or what do you want to mean? I'll say, I'll tell you very selfishly. You have to make money because if you don't, I'm not going to make money and our kids aren't going to be happy and the whole system falls apart, right? So the number one thing I want is for you to succeed because let me just be honest, selfishly, I will succeed by default if you just want to talk about the pure business. And the thing is, we tell franchise owners all the time, look, I'm not going to talk to you a ton about being passionate about the product. If you don't wake up every day feeling great about kids and feeling great about making them better, this is, I, I don't want you as my partner. You don't want to be my partner. I'll make your life miserable. But if you're super passionate and a lot of our owners, they're first time business owners. They are, a lot of them are, um, they've worked at summer camps. Maybe they've worked as PE instructors. Sometimes they're former teachers. It's a variety of owners. Sometimes they're great salespeople that love kids, but they just didn't, they were selling software and they couldn't get out of bed excited about it. So we take those type of people all the time and we just get them laser focused on executing and then we spend all the time on support. And one of the things that we always joke about is like in franchising, you don't have to be a genius. You just have to be open to listen. And what we find a lot of systems suffer because the owners are so set in their mindset that they create the vision and it's only their vision. And our view is just tell me what you need and I'll go get it done. And so we give you the base package that gets you pretty incredible amount of the way. But if you have six better ideas, let's go. We'll take them. We'll put them all in the system and we'll get them executed top notch. John, I want you, I want you to unpack something at the beginning of, of this conversation, because now, now I'm thinking a lot about it. I'm obviously listening to everything else you're saying, but I, I'm really dialed into something that you said. And it was that you were making a ton of money. You just like you were struggling with the passion side. And what I want to unpack is, I think, I think a lot of people struggle with, are they really passionate about what they do? Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people probably struggle with the, the idea of quitting something because 
they may have not made the money that that you were able to accomplish in your business. So it almost awarded you the the ability to say, all right, I've made money, I have it. Now what do I do next that, that I can be passionate about? With the exception of during this great resignation, people are quitting without another job, not knowing where they're gonna land. And so it's almost like what you were saying in the beginning, historically, people probably didn't think of doing something that they were passionate about because they needed the stability of the money. And now there's this mindset shift that's almost changing. That's like, forget about the money. The money will come later. So as I, I'm, I'm thinking through this. Like, yeah, but what, I'll, I'll tell you right there, the part, I'll go to the kind of the middle of what you said. I did very well at the last place and it was hard because I love the people. I, I love the business model. Just the product wasn't really for me. Yeah. But I took all the money I made and put it back into this. If you want to check the box of how truly passionate you are, step up and take the savings that took you 25 years to make and put your money where your passion is. And then you'll truly, truly know if that gets you out of bed every morning. And for me, you know, it was the first time in my life I'd ever really saved up a, a decent amount of money because I had stock options and everything else. So to risk it was a big decision. I've got three kids. I've got a wife. You know, it's we had to talk through it a lot. And it comes down to passion and believing in yourself. And what I actually find the easiest part for me and the scariest part for the franchisee when they're new to business is convincing them to bet on themselves. They've been betting on themselves for 20 years working for someone else. And, and people that have been like, hey, I was a, a great you know, uh, employee at my last business for 10 years. And now they're afraid to bet on themselves. And it's like, you know, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Franchisee, uh, excuse me, was the owner of that business, you know, a real person? Oh, yeah, they were a great business owner. Well, they bet on you for 10 years. Why wouldn't you bet on you? And so helping people go through that journey and then really walking them through math. Because what I'll say is, look, I can get emotionally excited about anything and I can get you emotionally excited about anything, but the numbers have to match. Okay. So let's look at some small business numbers. I think the number is insane. After 10 years, it's like 98 or 99% of small businesses that start up are gone. Okay. If you go to the casino and you play blackjack, you got 49 to 51 odds. So you're actually better taken to the casino. So think about the insanity of that. So now I start to freak people out when I'm talking about why we want to start a business. Because franchising actually has a 90 plus percent, at least in a good system. And in our system, it's well over that. And so don't take, take the emotion out of it and let the numbers tell you what you should do. And so once we get that mindset going, then we start talking about the business. Do you want to do this every day? Okay, great. Check the box. 90% of the people, if they've made it through the first couple of phases, they're there. Then the next thing we teach small business owners, which this is the other part that blows my mind. And it's so simple. And most franchisors aren't talking about it. Early stage franchisees that buy a small business like ours, 90% of the time, 99% of the time, their first thought is, I'm just replacing a job. I'm replacing a job. I don't have a boss. I'm controlling my own destiny. But one of the biggest things they're doing for them and their families is creating wealth. Like they're building an asset that someday they will be able to sell for a lot more than they put in. And so getting them to understand that, and once they understand the math of you work for somebody else for 10 years and you got that salary for 10 years. Now imagine you could get a salary for the next 10 years and then get a huge check at the end when you sell the asset that you built. 
And you start to see their eyes light up. And I find that process kind of magical because to me, it's so obvious. And to them, it's like a light bulb has just been turned on that just they realize like they've changed the whole destiny of, of like their family's lifestyle. And and well, it's been pretty amazing. John, when you look at your franchisees and they get up and running, what are those initial markers or signposts you're looking for, for in terms of their success? Um, hey, guys, I'm having a little bit of feedback here. You, you to? John, you're completely frozen. Let's uh, let's see if uh, if you come back. I'm gonna I'm gonna remove you out and add you back in. We'll see if it make a di makes a difference. Oh, he's, Nick, he's he's frozen. You know, it's funny. I, until these live streams, I, like I sometimes wonder if I died or you're in another dimension or something. Let's see if he comes back. I mean, it's 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 interesting. I think I think in from a business standpoint, there's like. Even even franchisees, most of them will say like I'm passionate about something. I think it's it's an interesting look at it. They'll say their passion and passion is first, but you know if you're really super honest, it, it is about the money too. You know. Well, but and then to John's point, everyone wants to know how they're going to run their business, right? Can I do it? How do I do it? What's the technology that's going to support? And that's the first thing that John brought up, right? And I, you know, from a strategic standpoint, building, like everyone forgets, franchising is about scalability and leveraging growth. And if you don't have the technology and systems, real ones, then, you know, it's not such a great franchise system. And then if you could take multiple brand segments and really leverage that technology, well, that's when you start pulling in the big wins. Well, so I think it's funny. I think of making money as just like breathing in a business. Like if you're not making money, why, why are you doing it, right? And so what we found though is with franchise owners, and I'm sure a lot of other franchise systems has found, have found this, there's different types of owners and every one of yeah. those owners are, are great partners of ours. We love them all. So there's the small owner that just loves to coach all the classes themselves they're going to have a very high profit margin in their business because they have really no expenses because we are a mobile sports business. And, but they, they want to cap out. They maybe want one or two assistant coaches for the high season and that's it. But if they deliver an on-field product that is just unbelievable, then they're a winner in our book. We'll take that partner all day long. We have another partner that wants to make more revenue, but doesn't want to travel too far from home because managing a, a mobile business across long distances, especially if you live in places with high traffic and high, uh, just, you know, rush hour traffic in particular, what we like to see them do is stack sports. So they'll start with an amazing athletes, then they'll add soccer stars, then they'll add TGA golf and tennis, then they might add, you know, a, a jump on summer camp so they can stack a bunch of different products in a very tight geography to expand their income. And then we have owners that say, hey, I wanna do what you guys do at corporate because we have over 86 units that we run. One of the coolest things I like to tell franchisees is, look, I'm never gonna ask you to do anything with your money that I didn't do with my own, right? Because I invest my personal dollars in running this business because I believe in it so much with my staff that by the time I turn around to you and ask you to try something, 
I, I made money on it. And if I lost money, I'm going to tell you what I did, and I'm going to tell you not to do it. And so we built this unbelievable partnership, but that third bucket of franchise owners that come to us and say, I want to be more like corporate, but how do I get 30 units or how do I get a master? I want to own the Orlando territory, for example. Well, those owners, they start usually by stacking one program across a large area distance as much as they can handle. And that basically gives them a good base of coaches, contacts, management network, all the things you need to start. Then they start to cap out and the growth starts to slow. And then they say, okay, what's the next sport I'm going to add? Is it golf? Is it tennis? Is it little rookies baseball? Right? One of the things on the platform. Now, what's cool is to save on legal fees and create efficiency, every one of our FDDs looks identical. So if you go to add on another brand, the FDD is identical. The software system is identical. Your, your P&L submissions are identical. Your credit card price. <laughs> Once you start looking at it, it's really just going into the learning management system, which we have an incredible learning management system with videos. It's like Orange Theory. Every week, you know exactly what you got to coach. You know exactly what equipment you need. And the whole world is running that same content back for that week. So all you have to do is turn on the new content back, train your coaches, get the equipment, and you're off to the races. And so the economics of the mobile business, the, the way we've set it up to platformize brands in the mobile business, and we are tend to be focused on non-competitive beginning of the funnel. So we're, uh, you know, 12 and under. We center mass. A lot of our revenue today is really in that three to seven range is probably the overwhelming majority for our franchise partners. And, you know, we are looking at ways to extend the pathway because if a kid loves you and a parent loves you, well, they want to stay with you. They want to know what's next. What we will probably never get into is competitive sports. We make it into recreational sports. The top of the funnel, it's a different world up there. And that's not really what we set out to do. It's not what I'm passionate about. It's not what my partners are passionate about. We really love this. Like every kid's an athlete. Every kid feels great. And if a kid comes to our class and just feels better about playing in the backyard with his friends, like maybe they'll pick up the bat and actually try that is a win in our book all day long. We've done exactly what we set out to do. So a conversation like this, I mean, in, in my opinion, like the, the, the gap is how do you get this in front of the right people that are thinking about it? But how, how do I get comfortable with quitting my job or, or investing in myself? Because I think your message is super sound. It's just now how do you, how do you cross apply this from a franchisee standpoint? Because I would imagine you're, I mean, you're, you're good at, at talking people off this fake ledge that they're on. Uh, do I like the wavering of, do I become a franchisee or not? I would imagine your, your closure rate is, is super high. Once you, once you get someone on the phone, because they're out there trying to answer their own fears and can't get, can't get through it. And I, I think, I think the message that you have, I mean, first you're being, you're being super honest. And I, I, I think you, you are right. A lot of, a lot of businesses aren't as honest as you, like it is about making money, but let's find something that you're really passionate about. Um, and then, you know, tell them that it's okay to invest in yourself. Like this is the conversation that needs to get in front of more human beings, whether, whether they buy your brand or they buy something else, you know? Yeah. And look, well, well, this has always been my approach is if I can't be an open book with you and make this work, then I don't want to make it work. Like, you should never hear something from me on day one, on day two that I didn't tell you on day one before you signed the contract. Yeah. So, for example, I'll give you those economics of a, of a success in franchising, and then I'll tell you, look, that's not just us. That's franchise systems as a whole. 
By the way, a mobile business, if you decide you want to go spray mosquitoes, that's great. If that's what gets you out of bed in the morning, you'll have the same economic spray mosquitoes that you will coming and hanging out with kids all day, right? So a lot of systems, and, and most people won't say this, because I'll go through other franchise sales systems, and you know I've helped some of my friends invest, and I've sat on other sales calls. They try to take things that are unique to their industry and make it sound like it's just unique to them. And to me, I don't want to be partners with that person. Like it's in the life too short category. I want to tell you everything. So you go in with eyes wide open. So when we do hit a rough patch, or if we do hit a rough patch, because usually we don't, but if we do, it's like, look, we talked about this. There's nothing new. Let's get you through it, right? So we're not focused on, you screwed me. We're focused on how do we fix the unique nature of my market. I got into the preschools, and there's an insane competitor here. How are we going to get around it? Not, you never told me there could be competitors in the market. Those are two very different conversations. And what we found is best-in-class franchisors, they are not afraid to tell you anything before you come in. And that's how we've approached it. And it's worked really well. And there's been a couple sales I probably have lost because of it. And I, it's great because there is nothing worse than having a problem on day two. You, John, and I apologize. I should have done more research. Did you say you have 86 units you guys operate at the corporate level? Perfect. Yeah. So at the corporate level, so everything you said I could put a big question mark on, is that true? But then I'm doing evaluating that when you're operating, when you have 86 units, I'm sorry, that changes everything, right? I could say it's all BS, but then again, if you're telling me your deal, we're, you know, I'm speaking with the system as 86 company owned outlets, you know, that's a very big difference. And, and how much proof do you need? Well, you know what? Like, Again, even if I want to disagree with you, I can't when there's 86 units. By the way, the other thing that's really cool about what we do is if you call me up and you have a challenge, there's an expert that is doing this for me or for us in our business that's dealing with coaching. But the difference is we hire 600 coaches at corporate. So you're trying to hire 10 and you're telling me I can't find 10 coaches. We'll call my coaching expert, talk to him. Get some advice on how he does. Now, we might be in markets where New York may have more ability to hire, but there's an expert as opposed to most franchisors you call, you get a technician on the other end. And what do I mean by that? They might have an MBA. They might be intellectually capable, but they're not running the business. Like the person you're talking to can't give you real-time advice about your area. Where if you call me in my area and, hey, I'm out park permit problem. I don't know how to do the permits. This is a real thing that happened with a franchisee in California. I put him on with my California guy that does nothing but permits in California, and we help him do all the paperwork. And then if he needs somebody to vouch for him, hey, call corporate. Corporate will vouch for him. Well, we've been operating in Santa Monica for 15 years. We're one of their biggest vendors. And if we vouch for the franchisee, guess what? They're ready to go and come in with a different program. And so – it's just this whole thing has come together beautifully. And I'd love to say, like, we had a clear vision for this on day one. We had, a, we had what we thought was a crystal clear vision. We learned a ton by listening. But the one thing that was off in the distance was a platform will win any day in this business. We knew that coming into it. And so far, it's proven out really, really well. And then the other piece was, and this has a lot of our backgrounds, myself and my partners, a lot of us have come from hybrid licensing slash opcos where you had an operating arm and you had a licensing arm. We always found those were the best business. 
And so we just applied the model here and there wasn't a lot of people doing that same thing in youth sports. I think and th this is me, me pseudo challenging you, but the way that I hear you, I think you're, you're really just passionate about fundamental business. Like right now it's, it's the kids, but the reality is like, if a franchisor is watching this and, and you can really break down what you're saying, John, uh, you've put your money where the, your mouth is. Hey, let's listen to our franchisees and solve their issues when they happen. And let's solve them because we know how to get them through, through their challenges. Like even on a labor challenge, most franchisors would say, join employer, we can't help you. Or they don't know how to, because they're not, they're not in, they're not in the barracks doing it on, on their own. And so I, I, when I hear, hear you talk about this stuff, I mean, I, I think you're, you're passionate about business, which turns into passionate about franchising, which means the widget happens to be children's sports right now, but good franchising can be applied to any good business model and it would succeed, you know? A hundred percent. And just, you got, if you're going to be in a franchise business, you've got to love people. The intangible, we always say our business doing it well is art and science. The science of it, creating a great software system, a lot of people can do that. Being able to get on the phone with a business partner, COVID's a great example. When you have some real financial problems, right? Or that person is having real personal problems. We always say, if I've got to pull, I know we have to sign a contract because we all need lawyers and we all have to have contracts. But if I've got to pull that contract out of the door or out of the drawer and use it as part of our conversation, negotiation, we suck. Like, like if you need a contract to deal with people to solve problems, you shouldn't be in business. And there are extreme times when that will happen. And if you look at our FDDs, you'll see almost no legal issues. And it's not because we're a soft franchisor, but we get on the phone with a revenue first mindset. So we have to say revenue cures all. You can solve any problem in your business and a lot of problems in your personal life if you can go get revenue, right? So we start there. And so when we buy a lot of businesses, we're on 11 acquisitions rolling up on this platform. And when we buy these businesses, and there's always those couple franchisees that have had problems for whatever reason, the first thing when they get on the phone with us, they think we're going to be collection agents. And the first thing that we do is not say, you owe me money. Say, tell me your situation. Tell me what's going on with you. Do you love the business? Do you not? Like, just let me understand what's going on with you. From there... I then think we can come up with a plan to figure out how we go make revenue, and that solves all our other problems. And we give it time. And so as long as you're willing to get out of bed in the morning, you cannot fail in the youth sports business under our system. It's impossible. The only people that fail are people that just are not motivated to go to work. And those people should stay as employees because you need to be on a structured thing, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just the system isn't right for you. And that, that mindset has worked really, really well. Great story of a, a franchisee was a really big franchisee in one of our systems out on the West Coast. And by the time we bought the business, you know, he was massive amounts of debt. His franchise had been shut down. So I got on the phone with him and just said, hey, tell me what's going on. I said, look, man, went through a divorce, personal issues, COVID hit. It was like the triple whammy. And I didn't want to leave my kid. My kid moved back to the East Coast. I said, but your kid lives in Carolina, you're in Alabama, what's going on? And he's like, well, I need to get a job, I'm doing construction. I said, you love construction? Said, no, I hate it. I said, you wanna get back into it? He's like, I can't, I need the money. I said, all right. So I'll tell you what my goal is. I wanna get you back within 90 days of this conversation back to your kid. He's like, well, how are you gonna do that, John? I can't start a business, I have no money. I said, you're gonna come work for me at corporate. Why don't you come consult for me at corporate? Tell me everything I don't know. Tell me what all the franchisees hate and love. 
but you got to quit your job tomorrow. You come on our payroll. You're going to use some of that payroll to pay back your debt. So we're going to pay a little bit more. And so you can still fund what you need to live. And then we'll start a new business when you get there. And that has been, I mean, the shock and all on that guy's face when he thought I was coming to take, you know, what was left of his assets. And now he's an unbelievable partner of ours. It has paid dividends in life and in business. And that's how we approach everything. And it's just, honestly, it's a nice way to live. <laughs> it's, it's fun. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that story probably represents us as a business. And, and what has been cool is our corporate employees all think like that, too. Because there's been so many times when I was in business, and, I, you know, I was usually a senior executive from the time I was in my early 20s. And I'd be like, hey, man, there's a charity thing. I really would like to go do this. Can we get the business to support it? And the owner would say no. And it just sucks. And so we've kind of looked at all these other initiatives of things we want to do and said, you know what? We can do them. We've taken control of our own destiny. Now let our employees to come to us and tell us what they're passionate about. So we'll donate to their charity. So we'll find ways to help their causes or we'll make sure their causes get up on our social media. And so it's just culture on culture in corporate that that energy expands out to our franchise system. And it really is making something that I think is, is pretty special. And a lot of people would, would say the same thing. Yeah, but you don't have the luxury of all of that unless you forgetting the passion, the passion comes, but you need to have confidence in what you're doing. And you guys have confidence in your system. You have confidence in, and I love your, your, um, you know, revenue solves all because it does, right? Because if you can't make that phone ring, you can't make those clicks happen. You can't get those customers on board. And you know, you're that flywheel is spinning and you're just demonstrating confidence that we could get the revenue going. So it's a matter of just fitting into the system and operating. Yeah. And the, the other thing that kind of goes with that is, you'll hear this from me all the time if you're in our system. We're not perfect. We screw things up all the time. We are the first people to raise our hands and say, hey, we made a mistake and we will get this right immediately. And when you're inventing and you're growing and you're pushing to do new things, you will constantly screw things up. Some you'll kick yourself for and be like, we should have seen this six months ago. Others, you couldn't have seen them. What everybody wants to know is that when that text message comes through from that franchise partner, hey, it's urgent, I'm having a problem, they don't have to wait 24 hours to get a response. You know, we're still at a size where everybody has my cell phone number, everybody has Adam's cell phone number, and I tell them, you can call me anytime up to midnight Eastern time. If I pick up after midnight Eastern time, I'm up. If I'm not, I'll call you back when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> and... Most people don't abuse it, but if I get a text message from the West Coast at midnight, I think people are shocked at how often they get a call back immediately tell me what's going on, you know? And, and to me, like, I, I don't know. It's just fun. I like living that way. And the people around me all like living that way too. Like, it's just, you feel the wheel going, you feel the momentum, you feel the energy of what you're building. And it is just awesome. Did you ever have this? And we can, we can conclude with this. Um, did you ever have this feeling before this business? Were there moments that you saw it in your career and you wanted that, like you got up to the to the ledge and you're like, I just want a little bit more and then get smack in the face. Is is there a motivation here from, you know, not not getting what you really, and if look, if another place gave it to you, then maybe maybe you don't even start this because you, you would have had that there, right? It's true. You know what? 
I, I always wanted to own my own business, but I just kept failing. So like I, I had a software startup at, when I was in my 20s, it failed. And I, I had another like jean business. We were going to do custom jeans and it failed. And so I was doing it the whole time I was an employee. And for me to be an employee for took about 20 years, it was the right path. I had a clear vision of where I wanted to get to, which was I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to drive the vision of the ship. But if I'm being honest with myself, I wasn't ready. I just didn't know how to do it. And there were two entrepreneurs in my life. One was the Mike Nally at Sportcraft, and the other was Jamie Salter at ABG. They started to give me those skill sets to understand the difference between some dude with good ideas who's a great employee, just likes to work really hard, and somebody who knows how to drive a ship and make things happen. And so that was just my journey, right? And I got there to a place. Now, what's interesting is, if I had just gone into a franchise system, my journey could have been 15 years shorter because all the things I had to learn on my own to start a business from scratch was a very, very different school skill set than just buying a franchise where they give you a system and say, hey, man, you can guess. It's kind of like being your own employee, right? And so that realization is kind of what you know brought me to this point. So, so again, uh, like we're hyper honest, right? Sometimes you got to criticize yourself, and that's okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think that would be the the critique of myself of why it took so long, but it was the right decision. It really was. Uh, John, awesome conversation. Uh, one of our longer ones. Usually, usually we cut it off like 15 minutes ago, but it was right. good. So uh, thanks for sharing all that. I think there's still tons unpacked, so we're gonna have to do this again soon. Um, but awesome stuff. Uh, we appreciate you, and obviously there's there's a there's a lot more to this story. Uh, that's what's going to happen with your business as we continue on. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks, guys. Take Bye. care. Man. See ya.